welcome back to BoJack Horse Pod, the BoJack Horseman story. Today, we will be talking about Season 6, Episode 8 of BoJack Horseman, a quick one, while well, he's away. I am your host, Kirsten McKinnis, joined as always by the lovely Lindsay Wilson. Lindsay, how are you? I liked that emphasis on the lovely. I try, you know, I try to. I feel like I, I'm too samey, and I need to change it up sometimes. <laughs> Do you think we should have had guest hosts in for the quick one while he's away theme of it all? I bet we could have got Robin Akiva to do it. Oh my god, you think so? Oh, be like, oh, we'll swap podcasts for a week. You have to watch one <laughs> twenty-minute episode of television, and we'll do probably ten hours of work each. Yeah, I think we, I think we could have got them to do it. I think they do such a bad job. This episode has a lot of stuff in it. (laughs) This episode specifically would be horrible for that because it literally ties in everything. I actually watched (laughs) it with my sister and the episode ended and I was like, that is such a good episode of BoJack. And she was like, I feel like it was a lot and it happened really fast. And I was like, (laughs) well, yeah, because you haven't seen the previous seasons. Six seasons. (laughs) Like, she's yeah. seen maybe five episodes of BoJack total. Yeah, no, I was feeling the same way where I was like, oh, I wonder if this could be kind of a standalone because BoJack's not in it. And then I watched it and was like, oh, no. It's <laughs> like the not. least standalone episode ever. It is like mm-hmm. a fungus or something with like branches <laughs> that are like oozing out into all the other seasons. Uh, that's this yes. episode. So yeah, we, we probably shouldn't replace ourselves for this episode in particular. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this was the season six halfway point. Mid-season finale. Part mm-hmm. one finale. Wow. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe that we're here. The end is in sight, Kirsten. Like, I can't get over it. We only have eight more episodes? Yeah. That's two months. So the last episode of BoJack episode recaps will come out on July 19th. That's so soon. Yeah, two months. I do think from like a production standpoint, we probably should try to just like record the last eight as fast as we can and just release them over eight weeks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah, I think because I feel like you have a little bit more free time right now. Mm -hmm. I don't, but I can make it happen. Yeah, and then I will probably be in New Brunswick mid-July. So You can listen to our last episode with Hazel. Oh, my God. Oh, so true. Mm. <laughs> For the people listening to this audio-only podcast, Lindsay made a very cute face when I suggested <laughs> she listened to the last episode with her sister. Indeed. But we're, don't worry. We're not in July. It's still May. We are – we're two months away. Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. You sound great. I feel well still. Still – What'd you say? Dipping and dodging? You're dipping and dodging COVID-19, <laughs> baby. I am fully recovered. No no more COVID in my house. Uh, thank mm-hmm. God, because <laughs> that was a bad experience. Like, And like, I don't want to be like melodramatic. I had fairly mild symptoms. Like I, I wouldn't even claim it was cl- approaching a moderate case of COVID-19. <laughs> but it still felt really crummy and I did not enjoy it and now I've been just like laying in bed for I mean literally like three months of the year with the strep throat so like a Victorian child wasting away I went for a walk (laughs) on Monday and like my muscles are still sore today on Wednesday from a walk which like it was a couple hours it was a long walk but it's still 
it shouldn't be like this. And now I have to like build muscle back. Like what? <laughs> it hasn't hasn't been that long since you had the consumption. So yeah, well, exactly. That's what, like I had that for. I guess it was probably like only a month and a half, not two and a half months. But so I had that for a month Seemed and like a half. A long time. And then I had COVID for two weeks. So that's two months of the year. We're only in the fifth month of the year. <laughs> and Halfway I've been on May. yeah three courses of antibiotics and had COVID. That is what? too much, man. It is too much. My poor immune system. And now, of course, I'm healthy, but my allergies are like, Haha, did you forget but, about um, us? It's <laughs> <laughs> horrible. Oh, that sucks. Remember last week when you were like, yeah, it's coming for you, bitch, or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it is. <laughs> like, COVID is coming for all of us. Mm, yes. Like, you still go to the occasional restaurant, right? I sure do. Yeah. It, you, you're going to get it. It's just a matter of when. I know, truly. Someone was like, oh, what are you doing for the long weekend? Do you want to come to Vancouver and like hang out with Big Brother Canada alum and all of this? And I was like, I'm not leaving the island. (laughs) They were like, well, we thought you'd be better by then. And I was like, oh, I'll be better. That's not the point. (laughs) But that doesn't mean I'm going to the main. Like, that's a... It t- it's like a 40-minute drive from my house to the ferry, and then you're on the mm-hmm. ferry for a couple of hours, and then you have to, what, take an Uber from the ferry into Vancouver, which is another, like, hour. Mm. And, and then, expensive. And expensive. All for what? To go have a couple of drinks with people who do not consider me a friend? <laughs> no. Like, Lindsay, it would, I would be hard-pressed to do it for you. <laughs> I've seen those gas prices. Oh my god don't get me started on the gas prices in this economy i have been made aware that gasoline is nine dollars a gallon on the island what if you do the conversion it's like 950 or something That's per gallon. and all you americans are like oh five dollars a gallon well <laughs> we're paying double but they also have all of the petroleum processing plants and we don't have any. So we harvest oil at great cost to ourselves and the environment because we be fracking in Canada. And then we can't process the raw oil, the crude, which is also like the worst crude oil in the world is the sh- shit we get in Alberta because it's so hard to get out of the ground and Mm. then we can't process it so we send it to America where they process it and then sell it back to us for more it's a very bad system for us that's very bad I was just looking so it's 235 here in Vancouver per liter which is nine dollars and forty cents ish approximately unreal and that's in Canadian dollars indeed yes true still too much for a liter of gasoline It's too much, man. Anyways, do we have anything else to say about the environment, late stage capitalism, the global pandemic? This has been inflation corner. (laughs) This is not related to anything we've been talking about, but I just think it's a great opportunity to say, fuck Jordan Peterson, that fascist melted candle looking ass piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Rot. (laughs) That's an evergreen comment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't even matter how you have latest bullshit, but... Always, well, uh, it, it seems like the latest bullshit might chase him off of Twitter, which means he is going to write an op-ed. Snowflakes chased me off of Twitter. <laughs> I um, already saw it in the Vancouver Sun that the snowflakes chased him off Twitter. but that his Who's the snowflake? You. You're mm. the one who left. 
Indeed. He was like, if anything's important enough, I'll make a video about it. But if it's not important enough, then I guess I won't say it. And I was like, wow. Good. <laughs> I would love you for you. you not saying something. Listen, as if Jordan, the only time Jordan Peterson ever shut the fuck up was when he was in a medically induced coma in Russia. <laughs> so I, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, well done. Anyways, <laughs> I was probably kind of rude to someone who does deal with addiction, but I <laughs> Anyways, so people might be wondering what time it is right now. <laughs> so Scally will lead us in. <laughs> what time is it? Um, so it's currently Wednesday, May 18th, 2022. In the Pacific time zone, it is 8.27 p.m. In New York, it is 11.27 p.m. In London, it is 4.27 a.m. on Thursday, May 19th. And in Hong Kong, it is 11.27 a.m. on Thursday, May 19th. And this podcast will come out on May 24th. So we could maybe go through some holidays. There's only a couple. Don't don't worry, Lindsay. I, <laughs> I feel like I never realized it until you started going through holidays by yourself on that episode that, like, you clearly fully hate doing it. <laughs> and now I'm, like, holding you hostage. But it's I our segment. It. <laughs> it's Last our segment. week was a good one, I thought. Well, I always think it's a good one, but th- <laughs> then I heard you talk about it solo and I was like, I'm a horrible friend. I can't even tell when Lindsay <laughs> hates being on the phone. I don't hate it. I just never know what to say. Like when I did it by myself, it was like, today is lumpy rug day and also like textile day or something. And I was like, what hey, am I supposed to do with together. this? Well, that's what I ended up saying in my rambles. I think you did a good job, but you just like clearly hated it and I feel guilty now, <laughs> but it's fine. You've communicated that you're okay with it, so I'm going to have to just choose to believe you. Indeed. <laughs> so May 24th is Asparagus Day. Oh, I like asparagus. I love asparagus. People are Especially always like, roasted. <laughs> yes. We've talked about this many times. But I know people are always like, mm, asparagus pee smells weird. And I'm like, so why are you smelling your pee? Just pee and flush the toilet. Like, what? how Move is on. it impacting your life? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Worth it. Okay. It's also International Tiara Day. So okay. I guess if you know any little princesses, you should get them a tiara from, like, mm-hmm. the dollar store. Hazel and I got matching tiaras one time for our birthdays when we were, like, 25 and 30. I love that. I now want a tiara for my 30th birthday in November. So Smart. It is... Aviation Maintenance Technician Day. I think this is an important day. <laughs> Always. Important I to maintain aviation. My favorite murder, like <laughs> two or three weeks ago, did about like an I survived about this horrible plane crash where the wrong types of screws were used to reinforce the windshield of the plane, and then the windshield popped off the plane, and the <laughs> pilot was like half out the window, and the crew was like holding the pilot in, and also the co-pilot was steering, and they landed the plane, and nobody died, even the pilot uh, who was like halfway out the windshield of the plane. It was one of the most off-the-wall stories I've ever heard in my life, and of course I listened to it like three days before I got onto an airplane. But don't worry, stuff. airplane windshields are not secured that way anymore it's like a pressure seal so that the air outside actually puts it on tighter oh good so okay, it's, well. it's science has really progressed so don't don't be alarmed that <laughs> it, it, couldn't troubling. Ha- it couldn't happen like that again and also nobody died they all survived there was like m- minor injuries on like a couple of people and then the pilot had frostbite on his face wow that guy must feel like the luckiest man in the world so he, I think, retired after that and did not be a pilot anymore, I think. <laughs> I think you'd have to do that. But the co-pilot went on to be a pilot for, like, 15 more years after that. After, like, literally, like, 
steering the plane and holding his coworker into the plane so he didn't fly away. Yeah, and you'd always and like, want that guy to be your pilot. At one point, the pilot was out, and they were like, we have to let him go. He's definitely dead by now, and like this is just like a strain. And the co-pilot was like, you can't let him go even if he's dead, because what if he flies into an engine and then we explode? Like, you've got to <laughs> oh keep God. holding on. And he was alive. <laughs> pilot's pilot's like kicking him. them, like, don't let me go. <laughs> don't let me go. He was probably unconscious. Yes, probably. But yeah, they, they could have killed him, but the co-pilot was like sharp as attack so you know yeah. what i wish it all celebrate the aviation maintenance technicians in our lives today you managed to do a lot more with that holiday than i ever could have imagined well only because i recently listened to a podcast and could now regurgitate <laughs> a whole karen story from my favorite murder mm-hmm. it's also national escargot day okay. which i don't know if they mean like live snails or the ones you eat there but i don't know snails are cool yeah celebrate a snail near you there uh, there's like really tiny snails that fit on like the head of a pin whoa it's crazy it's also brother's day okay so i don't have a brother well i guess i have a brother-in-law okay so i guess i can celebrate him but it's brother's day it is shout out to my various brothers yeah shout out to too many people to count truly it's like Lindsay's family's like a clown car literally and you know i say that with love i know i took it that way i was like oh shoot that was very rude <laughs> um, they just keep pouring out it's like where where did they come from <laughs> no one knows okay it is also scavenger hunt day so right. participate in a scavenger hunt i guess and then the last one is uh, arguably the most important one it is a religious observance called the declaration of bob yeah. which is the founder of the, I can't say that type of it, Baha'i faith? I think it's Baha'i, yes. Baha'i faith, and they played a role similar to John the Baptist. Right. And so... Rain Wilson uh, is an observer of that faith. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he still is. I think he is. I don't know. I, I'm i an ignorant person. I've never even heard of it. I heard about it in his very okay book, The Bassoon King. Oh, cool. That's, sorry, I wasn't being dismissive about your thing, but I actually do think that's very cool. But I googled the faith and it says, the Baha'i faith is a relatively new religion teaching the essential worth of all religions and the unity of all people. Um, it was established in the 19th century and initially developed in Iran and parts of the Middle East. And it has faced ongoing persecution since inception. Because I guess because yeah. it's a new religion, you know? Yeah. So it's not like one religion. It's like, Maybe we shouldn't hate people for their religion. <laughs> Stance that we can get behind. Yeah, I do agree with that. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the episode already, but Lindsay, like, what? how did you feel about it overall? I loved this. I had forgotten what exactly they did with this episode, where I love how many loose ends get tied up. I love that we get to revisit all of these characters we haven't seen in a while. I will say the introduction of, I think it's Paige and Maximilian, the reporters, not my favorite storyline, but it's always one that I've had a little bit of trouble with in terms of their actual characters, but Yes, but I, I think they're so funny. Like That's I think the that thing. they're so funny and well voiced that it like yes. makes up for it. When I started watching this episode again, I was like honestly I was like, "Oh, I'm a little bit annoyed. It feels really pandery how they're bringing all like everybody in. Like it feels like it's like a right. mid-season finale, like let's just bring everyone in." But then as the <laughs> 
But then as the episode progresses, it's like, no, this is an absolute masterclass in what Bojack does so well, which is that literally nothing happens on accident. Like this is this type of episode could not exist if they were just like ragtag scrambling things together like Riverdale does where the actors get the script the day they have to shoot it and just like have to go for it like this is an intentional super smart well-written show and all of these other little threads are finally coming together in this like absolute masterful episode so at first I was kind of like being a cynical bitch and then by the end (laughs) I was like I love this show yeah, no, it's so good. I agree with you completely. It's just like, look at how much setup they've done, they've put in the work, and now they're able to just reap all of the rewards of that. That's so good. And so do we. And so do we. So the episode starts back at the convent where esteemed character actress Margot Martindale has been living as a nun for two years, I guess. Maybe more? When did we check in with her last? It was the night of the Filbert... Right. Premiere when the balloon like flew over her and she got her voice back. Right. That's right. So she might have actually been missing for two years when she didn't talk and then it's been even more time. So it's wild to see that she has now fully immersed herself in the role of being a nun because she can do anything. Sure can. And I love this whole conversation where esteemed character actress Margot Martindale is doing her whole thing where she's like, oh, I just like, I don't know. I probably hurt people and I've ruined lives. And the mother superior is like, what? Like, this is day one stuff. What are we doing here? Like, stop talking about your regrets. You've been washed clean. Yeah, so funny. And again, once again, the mother superior is voiced by Audra McDonald. We've, we've already done the full like IMDb roundup of her, but just want to note that that is who is voicing mother superior. And yeah, super funny. I love she's like, that seems like a waste of time. Wasting time is a sin. Your time could be used in prayer. And she's like, this is total solipsism, like cut it out. And then Margot Martingale goes, one could argue cloistering from the world is a form of solipsism if you're not being generous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if one were being ungenerous. Which That's for, I totally knew instantly what they meant by solipsism, but for anyone who maybe didn't, it's the philosophical idea that only one's mind is sure to exist. And so it's really like thinking everything kind of revolves around you and that anything outside of you is like not real to you. I didn't know that that's what that meant. (laughs) Yeah, but I totally knew. But just for Lindsay, who didn't know, I had to look it up. I appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, it was just for for educating me. It was just for Lindsay. It was not for me. Um, I totally knew what it meant. I appreciate you (laughs) and your wisdom. Thank you so much. And so while Mother Superior is kind of thinking about this argument about the solipsism of cloistering yourself away from the world. Margo Martindale steals the Magnusor? What, what's the title? Monsignor? Monsignor Toscani. <laughs> yeah, Monsignor. Yeah, that's what we'll call it. Guess what? I don't speak Italian. <laughs> <laughs> you could have fooled me. <laughs> <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just some offensive Italian humor for you. (laughs) But anyway, she steals his convertible and she looks back and says one of the most iconic lines to me and all of Bojack Horseman. She says, when you get to heaven, look up Margot Martindale. I won't be there, but my movies will be. (laughs) So good. I love her. 
It's incredible. Like, what an exit. Literally, Margot Martindale being just like a criminal is one of the absolute best things that this show ever did. And I <laughs> love, love, love Margot Martindale for being willing to play along with it and do this absolute. I mean, she would play along with any role. I guess that's the yeah. point. But <laughs> she disappears into the role. She does. She really does. So then we get the credits. Mm-hmm. and we jump into the episode. Lindsay and I discussed pre-show whether we should split the storyline into, like, the three kind of distinct parts, but ultimately decided that we're gonna go in chronological order just because all of the little things kind of build off of each other, even if they're not related, and really paint a picture of the web Bojack's bad behavior has created over mm-hmm. the years. So we get Paige St. Clair showing up to work in her wedding gown because this is her last day. She's getting married tonight and the newsroom is no room for a domesticated woman. So after tonight, she'll be out. Yes. Yeah. And this is the thing where she's so completely over the top. She's this like Southern belle and she's got this incredible accent and everything she says is like a very long, fast talking expression. And like all of she has such a great impression there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll see if I can do better. This man couldn't string together two clauses without ending in a preposition. Uh, Lots of things like What that. are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. so yeah, so that was like a character that I was like, oh, I don't know, is this going to get tiresome? But everything she says is funny. <laughs> no, I, I've never gotten tired of her. I actually was like, have we seen her before? But no, we have not. This is the first appearance of Paige St. Clair. And she is voiced by Paget Brewster, who mm-hmm. I know well from... Criminal Minds, where she plays Emily Prentice, <laughs> and she has literally been written off the show like three times and then keeps getting brought back. And she's now actually the like head profiler after Mr. Shin Kickerson got fired. I always first and foremost associate her with being Kathy on Friends, but yes. then she had a stint in the last season of Community and she has appeared on Mom, which my parents are really into. <laughs> she also was on the show Grandfathered, which I think only had one season. And it was John Stamos was like really young and didn't know he had a kid and then finds out he has an adult child who has a child and he's like oh. m- m- miraculously a-, a grandfather. And I believe that Patrick Brewster played the mother of his actual child. And they were like former lovers that are now brought mm-hmm. back together. But I think she's just fabulous. I think she's so talented. She has so many credits. And she also, she she like has done various voices in like American Dad. She's in the new DuckTales. She, she's done a ton of stuff. So mm-hmm. we yes, no, she's great. love to see it. She's incredible. And... With the fake accent she was putting on, I didn't immediately identify her voice, but my yeah. sister did. Oh, really? It's yeah. funny because like once you once you know it, you're like, okay, yeah, I can hear it. But I was yeah. the same. I was like, I don't know who this is. She instantly got it, so I was very impressed with old V Dog on that one. <laughs> Classic V Dog. Um, <laughs> literally, this is where we're also introduced to Maximilian Banks, who mm-hmm. is voiced by Max Greenfield, who is another yeah. one that I feel like both of us instantly know. I think with New Girl fan. Yeah, most well known for New Girl, he will always be the deputy sheriff in Veronica Mars to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a pull. <laughs> he he's been around people know him but I think New Girl is definitely like his most famous credit he was also an American crime story the murder of 
Gianni Versace? Versace. Yes, Gianni Versace. And he played, he did a very good job playing like a relatively anonymous gay man on like the Florida coast. It was very fun to see. It was a new kind of side of him and also he was in Promising Young Woman. I've watched the OJ season of American Crime Story within the last like month but I haven't watched the Versace one. Are you okay with like murder stuff? Yeah. I think you should watch it. I really enjoyed the that one. I watched it. I think my sister and I watched it in like a day and a half maybe and it was really really good and Darren Chris did a absolutely phenomenal job. Like he Honestly, he maybe did too good of a job, and now I, like, can't look at him the same way anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Max- Maximilian Banks, and they have just the most incredible banter back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's all so fast and so funny. My favorite thing of the whole one is when Paige St. Clair says, you could fill a library with the things you don't know. They're called libraries. <laughs> In fact, they do, and they call them libraries. <laughs> Like, acts, Lindsay, the impression is spot on. I, I did not expect this tonight, and I am tickled. I can't tell if you hate it. No, I love it. I, Lindsay, if I hated it, I, I would say, Lindsay, that no. Like, whenever Mary does a Betty Cooper impression on Kowski cast, and I say, that's not what she sounds like. Like, I would tell you to your face. All right, good, good. I, I think we have that type of open, honest relationship. Always, yes. I hope so. I also love... I loved that Paige just like left her fiance in the car while she came in to do this. And then with she, the like, windows decided- up. Yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to like do one more. Got one last job to do. Yeah. So they hear that Sarah Lynn's mother has been calling every day to this newspaper to trying to get them to investigate her daughter's death. And no one really thinks there's a story there. But Paige Sinclair smells beans. Now spill them. Mm-hmm. It's like an open and shut case about a pop star who overdosed. And then she says, well, that's exactly what I want. Yeah. So she so. calls her fiance, tells him to postpone the nuptials because she's got a story. And then it fades into the prickly muffin music video because Hollyhock is with her friends in New York and they are watching YouTube before they go to a party. Yeah. What was this like episode three of the show that they had that video? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. And yeah, Hollyhock's like, I didn't come here to just like watch you and your boyfriend watching YouTube. Like, can we go do stuff? The boyfriend's like, did you notice this music video was filmed in a planetarium and she died in a planetarium? And it's like, you're stupid. Like, (laughs) who plays the boyfriend? What's the boyfriend's name even? His name is Trey. And oh, Trey is voiced by Stephen A. Guy? Agi? He's not done a lot of acting. He doesn't even have a picture on IMDb. I did like about Trey that they're like, don't parent shame him. It's not his fault he grew up in an Upper West Side brownstone. I mean, I say that all the time. I'm always, (laughs) always saying that. And Trey is like a corgi, right? Oh, I don't know. I didn't even think about that. It's fine. Anyways, I'm pretty sure he's like a corgi, which we do love a corgi in a sweater, which he, (laughs) a hoodie does count. Oh, there he is. Trey. He is a fennec fox. This says he was voiced by Ben Schwartz. What? What? No. This is on the Vojak Wiki. Why are they always so inconsistent between the Vojak Wiki and the IMDb? We should well, I mean, I would believe that it was Ben Schwartz over this rando that none of us have ever heard of. <laughs> it's funny because I was like, oh, it sounds like Ben Schwartz. And then I looked at the IMDb and I was like, I don't guess it's not. So, And I didn't dare admit to it because I am often wrong. <laughs> well, I guess it is Ben Schwartz. So whatever. But anyways, if you look at a Fennec Fox, he's pretty cute. Do they have, what if... They have very big ears. 
I mean, does it look dissimilar to a corgi? No. I mean, it doesn't face maybe. It doesn't look the same by any means, but <laughs> Oh, they're really cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would love to see one of these guys in a sweater. <laughs> True. So cute. Yeah. Oh, their ears are so big. I'm on board. Anyways, he's a, he's a fennec fox, not a corgi. I apologize. Put your Twitter fingers away. And so he just wants to sit on YouTube because they can't go to the party before like 2 a.m. or else they'll be losers. Uh, but mm-hmm. Hollyhock wants to explore New York before the party rather than just sit around. Yeah. And so she like steps outside and there's sirens and broken stuff everywhere. And trash so on the sidewalk. She is. She yeah. goes, the Big Apple. There she is. Yeah. And so they decide they're going to go to the Empire State Building. I mean, that is a very touristy thing to do if you've never been before. Like that big ape in the movie, Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> Sounds about right. Very funny joke. I think it's an underratedly funny joke for sure. So then we move to another plot line, and it is what first seems to be a scene about a broken family, but it turns out it's actually <laughs> the saddest chicken for days out of all time. It's a sponsored, immersive experience. Yes, a immersive product placement journey, and they can't actually focus too much on the chicken because then it would be too much like a commercial. Yeah, so Kelsey Jannings is back, and she is the one directing this commercial. Sorry, whatever bullshit Lindsay just said, that's taken verbatim from the show. (laughs) And they're working on it because it's innovative that it's not an ad because their audience Mm -hmm. feels bad when they get advertised to, but they like stories. And also they love dunking on the olds. (laughs) <laughs> same love dunking on olds honestly same mm-hmm. if i can't dunk on the olds why am i still here <laughs> that's a large part of what we do here yeah you dunking on me as an old i mean i don't think i dunk <laughs> on you just for being 75 someone sent us an email this week and they were like i'm turning 30 i'm only 40 years younger than Lindsay or something like that and it really they're my off. age baby <laughs> So Kelsey leaves this meeting where they're trying to work on making it seem more what the the content wants to be. But like, who? what is this? Like, who is this? For? It's really for no one. They're like, thank you for letting us help you share your vision. Of Chicken for Days. And so Kelsey is standing outside of the Lacaw vending machine smoking <laughs> with Justin Kenyon who is voiced by Matthew Reese, hmm. who we know from The Americans. Um, we? <laughs> well, I don't, but people who watch The Americans do. He was in a TV series called Backup in the 90s, Metropolis in two- the year 2000, an episode of Columbo in 2003. It really was hard for me not to sing Backup in the 90s. Uh, I wish you had. Back up in the 90s. He's probably best known, actually, for the five years he was on the show Brothers and Sisters. Mm, classic. He played Fitzwilliam Darcy in a mint TV miniseries called Death Comes to Pemberley. <laughs> oh, God. Um, which I, at first, was like, oh, a new Pride and Prejudice miniseries. And then I read the title, and I was like, oh, we don't need that. And then he was on The Americans for five years. I... Don't think I've watched any of the shows that he's been in, but that's like a me problem, not a him problem. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so Matthew Reese voice voices Justin. They're smoking together. Again, it's a LaCroix machine versus a LaCroix machine. Ha ha ha. 
Kelsey is like, oh, I don't know. Like, apparently I can't pay for my daughter's tuition with indie cred. So I have to do these like bullshit jobs, even though Justin is a worse director, but is getting lots of opportunities. Yeah, he makes a lot of superhero movies and he's <laughs> he does like a whole thing of like, if you had told me that you would be doing all of this and I'd be doing all of this when we were in film school, like, do you know what I would have said? And he's like, she's like, you'd be stoked. And he's like, yeah, at first I'd be <laughs> stoked, but then I'd get outraged. Yeah, then I'd be super outraged. Yeah. And then he gets a call about his lead actress and he's like, Ugh, I'll talk to her. Yeah. So he goes to the set to the trailer and his lead actress is Gina. She's a lead mm-hmm. now. Yeah. First on the call sheet. And she just wants a crumb of respect. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just um, a tiny crumb. I'll be honest. I kind of forgot we were going to see Gina again. <laughs> on Girl's name. You and me both. But yeah, so Gina's gotten new pages and she's not happy about it. She was ready with the old pages. She knew them. She learned them. Like, why are you throwing new things at me? And we find out yeah. that the insurance guys cut the car chase scene, so they needed to think fast. Yeah, and Gina's clearly going through some stuff where she definitely seems more stressed than how we have seen her before. Definitely not being very flexible about anything where she's just like, I just want like a consistent environment. I don't like surprises. I don't want new stuff. I don't like strange people letting themselves into my trailer. Please try to respect me. All very reasonable things to say, but also this is a shift in Gina's behavior. Yes, because like before her whole perspective was just like, yeah, whatever, I'll do the job and I'll get it done and I'll do a good job and that's it. But now she Mm -hmm. has a massive trauma related to working on set that makes it a lot harder to deal with those changes. Yeah, and she keeps repeatedly being like, I just want to be safe. Like, is this stunt going to be safe? I don't like being surprised. And then there's also, I find it hard to hear her being so worried about people like gaslighting her basically where she's like, I just want to be clear, like, I'm not being crazy. I have worked with people who are legitimately horrible to work with, and I'm being super cool. Like, stop looking at me like I might be saying something that's unreasonable. I'm being perfectly reasonable. And that's hard to hear because she's been through so much and she's so traumatized well, and she I, has to deal with this shit. Exactly. And I think the thing, too, is, like, all of her requests and what she's saying actually do sound super reasonable, but mm-hmm. she is having such an anxious response due to what mm-hmm. she's been through that it makes her sound like she's saying unreasonable things when she's really actually being totally reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing where she keeps, like, it's clear from people's reaction to her that she keeps saying like I'm first on the sheet like you need to respect me when people do need to respect her and they do need to not spring things on her that are going to make the set unsafe and it's totally reasonable that she would want these things and it just sucks that she is having this kind of trauma response yeah she finally gets to be a freaking star just now people are starting to think of her as difficult which obviously a very real problem sucks it just sucks We go over to a dinner scene at Elefante with Kelsey and her agent, who is Rabinowitz. Yeah, who we also haven't seen in a while. This is definitely like that roll call that we were talking about. (laughs) Literally, like they bring everybody back. And I think in any other show, it would be total pandery bullshit. But in this episode, it all just comes together and works. And Kelsey's just like really upset that she's not getting work. And she says, I think this is my joke of the episode. She says, I just want to get out of director jail. Even Roman Polanski works more than me and he should be in actual jail. Yeah. And he should. And then, and then Rutabaga is like, yeah, for his last couple of movies alone. Am I right? And she's like, no, she's like, no not, not for, for the movies. <laughs> yeah. And they say like, oh, yeah, people want lots of female directors for sure. Just not for this project. And it's not any specific project. It's just not right now. You know, just classic pandering to people. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, also at Elefante, our Max and Paige, our two reporters, are meeting with Sarah Lynn's mother. And she's just like, it doesn't seem right. Like, my daughter wouldn't have started using it again. She was clean. Like, listen to the last voicemail I ever got from her. And it's literally, like, clearly Sarah Lynn, like, even if you just heard the audio, it is clearly Sarah Lynn wasted out of her mind. But mm-hmm. when you pair it with the video of her with the two vodka bottles in the, like, helmet with the straws, and she's banging mm-hmm. all of the mailboxes, it's like, she was n- really mm-hmm. never a very good mother. Like, if you got that voicemail, you try to find the person who left it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, oh, what a perfect angel. And I've written down from the message that Sarah Lynn was like, I'm sorry, my platinum records clashed with the chic minimalism of your new sunroom. Like. Just absolutely brutal. And it's the way that Sarah Lynn never even wanted to be an actress and her mom forced Mm -hmm. her into it by, like, doing sexual favors to a casting agent. Like, it's so messed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Paige catches on to the fact that Sarah Lynn says, like, we are making amends. And they're like, who is we? There must be another person. Paige is dialed in. Yeah, she's a very good reporter. She's an intelligent woman and she should not quit her job just because she's getting married. That's right. She's running around in her ball gown. Her wedding dress, I guess, would be the I love it. Term. I love seeing her running around in her wedding gown. Like, it is absolutely yeah. stunning. Mm-hmm. So then we go back to New York, and they're at the Empire State Building, and Hollyhock is wanting to go to the party, and her friend is like, you know, we don't have to go if you don't want to go. Like, it's okay. You don't really even drink. And Hollyhock's like, well, I've never, no one's ever offered me a drink. Like, I, I've lived my life, like, thinking I was going to get peer pressure to drink, and I never have. But I'm nervous about losing control, but I also don't want to be afraid of something that's supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. I love this from Tawny so much, where, like, I'm someone who didn't drink at all until I was, like, 28, and... I feel like all the time people are just like, they don't know what to do with that. And they're like, I don't know how to respond. And then she just goes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe, Maybe drinking not alcohol for is you. not for you. And it's like, wow, that is such a mature and good response from someone who's presumably like 18. It's, well, the, uh, Lindsay, these younger generations are coming up and they're just getting smarter and smarter. I know. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm already now like the old boomer that they're going to be yelling at. But you know what? It is, Bring it, on. it is what it is. It just sucks to be the generation that the older people and the younger people are shitting on at the same time. <laughs> I know. People are like these damn millennials. I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to get through the day. <laughs> just let me live. Yeah. It's like, I'm not. Listen, I won't get like a live, laugh, love sign. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I'm just so tired and my knees hurt. Like I'm, Again, like I, literally someone tweeted at me today like, oh, this new show's coming out. Will you be covering it? And I just replied like, I'm so tired, Gary. Like, (laughs) what? I'm fully middle-aged at this point. I have a full-time job, a Twitch stream, and four weekly podcasts. (laughs) And you want me to add a fifth? (laughs) What was the show? The Real Love Boat. Real Love Boat. Yeah, I think that that's a Jenny and and Rob show anyways, so Mm. it'll be fine. It'll okay. it'll get covered and it'll be better than anything I could like scrape together at the end of my day <laughs> in fifteen minutes and then cry like it's... in your fifth weekly podcast. No, I don't. I literally don't need that. <laughs> then we go back to Kelsey getting a call from Rabinowitz about a superhero movie, and this one is about a lady superhero. Fire flame. They're looking for someone who can make a superhero movie with a twist. And the twist is that it's a woman. 
<laughs> yeah. She's like trying to think of all these like potential ways where it could be a twist. And she's like, oh, like they want my really cool and interesting takes. Like, no, no. The whole twist is that she's a woman. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the twist. They want you as a woman to tell them their take on what it should be. Mm-hmm. So she yeah. goes into the meeting and she's killing it just like basically saying nothing. Yeah, she comes in, saves the day. Everyone loves her. And the producers or whoever are like, we really think Fireflame can connect with this Yas Queen culture. <laughs> I laugh so hard at that. <laughs> like just in total corporate mode. Yas Queen. Uh-huh. Total girl boss. <laughs> Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. Fireflame. <laughs> Incredible. I love it. And they're like, yeah, I really think you have a special connection to the material. And she's like, yes, definitely I do. Yes. And she runs to the elevator and then I think I'll just jump to the next part of Kelsey just because sure. it's like one scene and then goes back to her. So we have one other scene that we'll talk about in a, in a moment. And then we get back to Kelsey and she rushes back in to make a much better and smarter pitch for the movie while another director is also pitching. And she and it it, it culminates with the idea that, you know, for women we're judged by a different standard and the idea that she saves the day and everyone loves her is not realistic and it's it 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 would be a hardship and the other director's like that sounds hard and Kelsey says <laughs> being a superhero is hard or else everyone would do it and she says this is real and it's different and it's a better version of the movie and then as she runs out she goes also in my version she's gay <laughs> exactly and this time she's like clearly super happy where the first time she went to the elevator she sighed and this time she smiles and she looks really pleased with herself it's very yes. good so i'm going back Paige sinclair and maximilian are at the building where the aa meetings are that sarah lynn used to attend and they're and inv- they're interviewing a bunch of people about like famous people who come to the meetings and it's basically just like a montage of everybody just spilling the beans on which famous people they've seen at aa yeah, and Paige is doing this very long thing where she's going on and on about like how people are going to want to talk and they're going to want to like have, yeah, appear swank by association if they have been seen with famous people. And I have written down this point where Maximilian goes, Paige, what crime have I committed that I deserve so long a sentence? And I just have written good stuff. <laughs> I love it so much. And then like there's also a moment where he's like, oh, she wasn't alone. Obviously, there was someone else with her. And Paige just goes, yes, I came to that conclusion two hours ago. Talk to me in two hours when you've caught up to where I am now. It's so good. I loved it. Yeah. I really love their, uh, their dynamic. Their rat-a-tat. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> yeah. Once you arrive at your point, send me a postcard. But one of those drinking birds, like the ones that like tilt forward, uh, and the the two times that he drank from the cup, it made me very, like he did it the first time and I was like, fine, it's so funny, look at the screen. She looks up and I was like sitting there like, do it again, do it again. And then he did it again finally and I was like, oh, good. He remembers seeing Sarah Lynn with someone who was either a bull or maybe a horse, can't remember their name, but does remember his story about going to New Mexico, a girl in New Mexico, and he knows that the girl's name was Penny Carson because the man was weirdly proud of it. He said, that's her real name, Penny Carson. Look her up. And I just thought, why would he want me to look her up? Yeah, and you just get this feeling of dread as he's telling that, like, oh, no. And you're like, oh, God, oh, God. But, I mean, it makes mm-hmm. sense because... Bojack has done all of these horrible things and yes he's gone to rehab and he's taking therapy and all that but he's also never taken accountability for any of the mm-hmm. bad things he's done he's just like trying to become a better person but he's not making amends yeah and this whole specifically the penny situation has been like floating around for 
more than a season now and nothing has come of it yet. I still just find it so insane that Diane Mm -hmm. never like broke that story. Like she didn't Mm -hmm. have to write a scathing takedown of Bojack, but like she knew this and didn't say anything. And I think that is is deeply fucked up. We got a tweet like today or yesterday of someone listen who had been listening to the episode with that big fight between Diane and Bojack and they were very not happy with how I framed my opinion on that conversation and I think in the episode since I have kind of reached a more nuanced point of that discussion but the point Mm -hmm. still stands it is wild to me that Diane knew for that long and never did anything about it yeah, I mean, I still I agree with you. I think it's still very surprising that like, I don't know, just she's not required to make him be accountable for this. But also like it is surprising that she just like as a person doesn't want yeah, to like at the end of the day, do something. Bojack is the bad guy. Bojack's the one who did yeah. all of the bad things and he is the bad actor. But to me, knowing something like that and never doing anything about it is also not a super chill thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See something, say something, people. <laughs> Unless it's something dumb. If it's if it's something mm-hmm. dumb, don't say so. Don't say anything. If it's something serious, then mm-hmm. say it. Yes. Anyways, so th- now we get Gina back on set, having her tango scene, and her co-star touches her neck and dips her, and she absolutely panics, and understandably, because last time a co-star touched her neck, it was trying to kill her. So. It's completely understandable why this would be extremely triggering for her. Yeah, really bad. And they do such a good job here of she doesn't they don't actually do a flashback, but it's so immediately clear what she's flashing back to. And like, it's so brutal to just see that fear in her face. And then to have her be like, I'm just trying to create a safe workplace environment. Like she's had one that was extremely not safe. Mm-hmm. And then her co-star says to her in exactly the same way she said to Bojack, he goes like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And it's so hard to hear that thrown back at her. I didn't even put that together. Um, mm-hmm. Ugh, just another layer. And it's just like, be- and you can understand because for all of these people who don't know what happened on the set of Filbert mm-hmm. because it was swept under the rug so that it wouldn't impact Gina's career... Yeah. But now it's impacting her career anyways because she mm-hmm. has this trauma that she just can't seem to fully deal with yet. Yeah, exactly. And like this is still pretty I mean, yeah, reasonably fresh for her and then like on top of that they have footage of her being like, "Yeah, it's totally fine. This is a huge misunderstanding. LOL. Like we're still together and dating. This is so funny." And she's having to deal with that in a way that's like yeah, sweeping it under the rug is a great way of putting it, where she can't like openly deal with it, and she has to just keep it all to herself, and that makes it so much worse, I have to imagine. Yeah, ab- absolutely horrible. I do not, I, I would not wish this on anybody, and so it's it's one of those things where she is coming across as like overreacting and mm-hmm. quote-unquote difficult, but mm-hmm. it's for a good reason that just nobody else understands or knows. Mm-hmm. Which um, I think is an important lesson generally, yeah, right? Which makes it very hard. Yeah, we don't, we don't know what other people are going through. Exactly. Yeah. And then that, I think that's absolutely right, too, where it's like uh, she went through that whole song and dance of being like, oh, yeah, this is so funny. And we think it's just nothing. And we think it's funny that anyone's making a big deal of it. And she did all that, which was definitely traumatic in and of itself to make sure she protected her career. And now it's hurting her career. So Bojack yeah. still got his... You know, the little tentacles little, are everywhere. 
Tentacles, that's the word. I was um, like, what are those things? <laughs> what are those things? And yeah, so she is going home and Justin's like, we need the shot and we're already behind schedule. And she's like, not my problem. I'm leaving. Like, I've got to go. Which is, like, it's also just wild to see the reflection of, like, how many years did BoJack negatively impact shoots? Did he make things be behind schedule? Did he show up to Mm -hmm. work drunk, high, or not show up at all? And he was fine. Yeah. They just finished the movie without him. They just finished the movie without him. It was totally fine. And now Gina is having, like, some minor stuff and then one slightly bigger thing. And now it's like, oh, she's difficult? Like... It highlights that difference in a very beautiful way, but also, like, stabs you in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Big time double standard. Wait, what? Double standards? In America? <laughs> what? I thought it was equality and justice for all. Anyways, back in New York, they get to the party, and Hollyhock cracks her first beer ever and has a full-on panic attack. Yeah, this is hard to watch. This is definitely, I had a little bit of this in my younger years where like anytime I would go to a party, I was just like, oh, there's too much of people being out of control and it would make me extremely uncomfortable and anxious and I didn't go to a lot of parties. Mm -hmm. And I just found that they conveyed this like so effectively where she's just like, oh my God, oh my God. Like all she can see is the people who are over the top. I was at a bar event in New York and like, I tend to be fine in situations like that, but it, I got super overwhelmed and I had to go hide in the bathroom for a while. Like, mm-hmm. we, it happens to even the people that you think are just like the biggest extroverts ever. And but she gets helped out for her panic attack because Peter grabs her and helps her to calm down. He gets her to start describing the things that she sees, and it's a trick from his psychiatrist that is supposed to help ground you. And I will say, as someone who constantly talks about therapy on this podcast, that's the first, like, thing that my therapist taught me that I found really effective as well, where, like, if you're in it and you just, like, can't get out of your own brain and you're just, like, panicking or anxious and just can't get out of there, I find this incredibly helpful also to just be like, okay, what are some things you see? What are some things you feel? What are some things that you can hear? Bring yourself back to the moment instead of just being in your brain spiral. Yes, that's one that works. The one that my therapist and I are working on is I have to pull myself back and think, how big of a deal is this on a scale of 1 to 10? And how big is my reaction on a scale of 1 to 10? (laughs) Do they align? And then regardless of the answer of if they align or not, what do I need right now? And then give myself (laughs) that thing. And is it my weighted blanket? Which could be nothing. (laughs) It could be a weighted blanket. It could be some junk food. It could be a walk. It could be many things. But it's uh, the same principle of just like getting yourself back into your body and what you need Mm -hmm. rather than the situation. So we're very pro-therapy over here. Mm -hmm. Big time. Therapy for all. And so Pete is, uh, well, we're going to find out at the end of the episode, but this is Pete Repeat, voiced once again by Jermaine Fowler, just like in season Mm -hmm. two. This is the truly incredible reveal of the episode. Yeah. It's a big one. It's like, mm-hmm. this is where it starts, like, punching you. And, like, the episode punches you in the stomach, like, 15 <laughs> times. Like, boom, boom, boom. So he suggests they get some air. And Hollyhock's like, well, it's cold out. And then she's like, well, but we have jackets on. Which I thought mm-hmm. was very cute. He does do a, another cute thing, too, where he's like, and what's your name? She's like, Hollyhock. And he's like, okay, cool. My name's Pete, just so you don't have to wait for me to have an anxiety attack, too. Yeah, very cute. Very sweet moment. Paige St. Clair calls her fiancé once again to postpone their wedding because she's now in New Mexico. It's a horror movie. 
Mm-hmm. Like you can see yeah. all the steps coming together and it's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then it keeps the happening and it's just like a horror. It's literally a horror movie. We do get a final scene with Kelsey and Justin. Kelsey is talking about how she got the Fire Flame movie. Justin says, get that money. Nom, 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 nom. Which is how I feel about my life. Get that money. Mm-hmm. Not that I do, but I would like to. Mm-hmm. And she wants to work with Gina. And what does Justin think of her? And this is where we get the she's kind of difficult. Justin can't recommend her. She worked with he worked with her years ago and she was amazing. But now she's just different. I don't know what happened. But maybe you should work with Courtney Portnoy instead. She's like, oh, I love her. It's like, what? Who loves Courtney Portnoy? Yeah. Yeah, I do think I wonder if there should be just like a tiny bit of reflection on what might be going on with Gina where it's like, yeah, I worked with her before that whole Filbert thing and she seemed great. And now since that Filbert thing, she seems a little bit off. I wonder what could be going on. Well, and especially if that had come up to Kelsey of all people, Kelsey would Mm -hmm. totally understand having Bojack fuck your career up (laughs) and like would probably be more likely to choose her and like make it an actual really safe, good atmosphere. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just really, really frustrating. Then we get Pete and Hollyhock are drinking her first beer together on like the window ledge. And they like Pete talks about his like therapy and issues with drinking and how he didn't really drink in college because of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And he describes the story of New Mexico of his friend had a man living in the house. She's like, like another dad? And he's like, no, not like another dad. Just like a man. Like, That's weird. Mm-hmm. And so it's prom night. The man went to prom. Like the man went to prom like, with you? Weird. <laughs> yeah, and we also hated that when that happened. Yeah, we way. also did not care for that. <laughs> he got them bourbon and practically forced them to drink it. Which, I mean, mm-hmm. is Again, true. When his when Pete's girlfriend got alcohol poisoning, he just dumped them at the hospital. And it was really scary in the moment, but things are good now. Like, she was okay. It was just a really scary night. And that Pete had the realization that, like, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't Maddie's fault. It was that guy's yeah, fault. Yeah, it wasn't even the alcohol's fault. It was that guy. Mm-hmm. But here's the kicker. That guy is kind of famous. He's, like, a movie star. Mm-hmm. And Hollyhock's like, who, who is he? Who is he? Credit. The repeat on who is he. <laughs> I can't. Uh. Anyways, that's the episode and I need to go take a long bath to detox from it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have just in my notes, Pete repeat in all caps. Yeah. And then at the very end, who is he? Who is he? Pete repeat. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it is a very, very, very well done episode. Um, mm-hmm. Very glad that we got to explore it together, Lindsay. I it's honestly probably good yes. we didn't have a guest. It'd probably be three hours long. <laughs> True. Yeah, we got a little bit of feedback. Noah wrote in and said, The frightening, stress-inducing music that plays when Pete Repeat is about to tell Hollyhock about Bojack is the same music we heard when Charlotte walked in on Bojack and Penny. Mm. love these easter eggs so good sarah wrote in and said i don't know if my take is hot or not but i just hate the reporters that came out of nowhere with their weird old-timey accents can you make me feel better about them why do they need to be so exaggerated i love them i'm sorry i'm really sorry but i absolutely love them so much i think that they are just so absurd and this show has gotten so incredibly serious that and they are doing something that is so incredibly serious that having them be absolutely ridiculous i think is the absolute perfect choice 
Mm-hmm. I do think you're right. And I think you've made me feel better about them too, where I've always been a bit like, ugh, these two. But I have also at the same time always been like, they're so fast and funny together that that's always made me be like, oh, I guess they're not so bad. Yeah. And I think just talking it through just now, I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? They are doing something that would be like, if they had them play it completely straight and it was just these like very intense reporters mm-hmm. tracking down Bojack, I think that would be a lot. So I think you're right. Yeah, like it's already so much. Like the show is covering so much and getting into so many hard topics and I think they needed like the levity from from these two and I just think they're so funny and I love both the voice actors so I'm I'm sorry I, I can't endorse your hot take Sarah also says that final scene with Pete repeat makes me so sad Hollyhock and Bojack's relationship is so sweet and then you have the dramatic note of her finding out about his fucked up past it's just hard. It's just really hard knowing that, like, he is now going to be at her college when she gets back and she's going to be armed with this knowledge. Like, that is a perfect storm. Yeah. And there's only mm-hmm. eight episodes left. I didn't even think about that, about how she's going to go back to school and be like, oh, you're here. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. We also heard from Lydia, who had written in, I think, maybe the last episode they'd written to us. And... Lydia was the one who said that they had listened to like three seasons in a week or right. something. We were like, you good? Yeah. And they said, I want to write in and let you want to write in and let you guys know that I caught up with the podcast in two-ish weeks. I promise I'm not insane. I just work better when I'm listening to things. I Listen, <laughs> girl, you and me both. Although being born a mere 40 years after Lindsay, 2001. <laughs> I, oh. <laughs> Wait, you made it seem like they were 30. I, that I is thought they were 30. Not, that is a 21-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. A child listens to our podcast. <laughs> you made me think I had something in common with this person, but I'm the crypt keeper. <laughs> <laughs> they are only 40 years younger than me. Anyway. More like 50. Let's see. Okay. I think that a lot of people can recognize that you need to be in a mostly okay state of mind to watch the show. And I certainly was not when I started watching. Season five was very painful, but season six kind of forces you to get better in a way. Bojack goes to rehab and goes to therapy and tries to be a better person. And it can show people who are struggling that you can still go and get help. Please, if you can, get help. Also, I don't know if you've seen Fight Club, but it's well known that disgusting hypermasculine men love it, which can be similar to men identifying with Bojack. I bring this up because there is a tit puncher article seen in the Hank Hippopopoulos episode that drags Diane in the last sentences, Fight Club is a very good and important movie. <laughs> Lindsay, have you seen Fight Club? I have, but it's probably been mm, 15 years. Have you read the book? I have not. When I was in high school, and this is my toxic trait, I was a really big Chuck Planick fan in high school. I, wow. I read Fight Club. I read Survivor. I read Rant. I read the, like, Lullaby. I read, there's like an anthology wow. of horror stories. I read a lot of Chuck Planick. Not all of them, but I really enjoyed Chuck Planick novels. And I still, I haven't read one in a long time, but I do think he is a talented writer. However, Lydia's assessment of Fight Club is 100% the case. <laughs> People who like Fight Club too much freak me out. Yes, me too. <laughs> Man, what a reveal from you on, uh, and after the Anne Rand competition too. Well, I didn't know <laughs> at the time and then I wrote like a totally socialist paper. So I think I'm absolved of that. <laughs> I hated that book. I hated it. Yeah. She was a ba- She's a bad writer and she has bad ideas. Like at least Chuck Planick knows how to write kind of. Was the Fight Club book better than the movie? Well, yes, because I think like the movie sets you up for failure because it's Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. So like, Mm -hmm. 
like when it comes out that it's like the same guy. Uh, oh, sorry, spoilers. For Spoiler Fight alert Club. for Fight Club. <laughs> um, when it comes out that it's the same person, I feel like watching the movie, you just feel tricked, and it doesn't feel yeah. like a smart, like clever thing. It just feels like oh, like they tricked me, and I had no, like there was no way that I could have figured this out, right? Because it's there's no way to know two actors like. There isn't, there aren't even any clues. They go back and show you a bunch of scenes to make it like, oh, he was just punching himself in the face or whatever. But like, from <laughs> what we saw, that's not what it was. Whereas in the book, like, you still can't really put it together ahead of time. But it, you you don't feel like you've been tricked because it's words on a page rather than like two distinct people that you're seeing. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I do well, we've think. We've broken the first and second rule of Fight Club. Whatever. I listen. I'm. I'm I don't know what to say. Um, Was that the first ever spoiler alert that had to be issued because no one's ever talked? Yeah, about no it one's before. actually ever talked about Fight Club before because everyone just follows the rules. But I'm kind of a rebel. <laughs> kind of. Um, as noted by your socialist and Rand paper. <laughs> exactly. The other thing too is like, and like I I'm not sitting out here trying to be like oh Chuck Planet's like amazing or anything like that like he's not even the best Chuck like Chuck Klosterman's way better than Chuck Planet. <laughs> but some of his books are just like they're so weird in the way that like a strange kid in high school can like find some sense of like solace there and like mm-hmm. I wasn't finding it in fucking Catcher in the Rye because that book was hot garbage <laughs> so at least I like I feel like I found it by like reading some Chuck Planick novels and then like Panic at the Disco's first album a lot of it was lyrically really inspired by Chuck Planick novels so it like Mm. encouraged me to read them more and like again I haven't read one in a long time I don't even like is Chuck Planick cancelled I don't know probably who knows he describes his work as transgressional fiction oh so he's Mm. a whole douche (laughs) I can tell by his like pictures that I think I hate him yeah I'm sure you do I feel like without even googling I'm sure you hate him now yeah I probably hate him now but I read a lot of books by him that I really liked and some of them are really interesting and creative so I I can't find it in me to regret it sorry everyone (laughs) do we have any tweets no, not really. Just the person who was upset about how I was talking about Diane in that episode. And it's like, I feel like if that person chooses to continue to listen, they'll see that my take becomes a little bit more nuanced over time. And I was just coming in kind of hot and that I do feel bad about how I described it. But I still don't think that she's like a perfect person. She's just not the bad guy. Yeah. Good. That's it. Is there anything else? That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. Well, if you would like to be part of the conversation for next time, you can tweet us at BoJackHorsePod. You can email us BoJackHorsePod at gmail.com. And if you really love us, you can become a patron over at Patreon.com slash BoJackHorsePod, where we currently have two patron-exclusive podcasts up, and there will be more shortly for the month of May, and we will continue to create monthly content for our patrons. And we deeply love and appreciate everyone who chooses to become a patron of BoJack Horse Pod. It is the 24th of the month, so I do recommend just wait. Wait till June 1st. It's a great time to join unless you want to get double charged. But hey, if you want to give us two months of money, who am I to say no? Mamma <laughs> mia. <laughs> I just lost all our Italian patrons. <laughs> I um, I was swearing a little bit on the last Kowski cast. And we, we talked about some inappropriate topics. And Mary was like, I'm going to have to put like a 
explicit rating and I was like no just put something on the other side I was like hey don't listen to this with kids in the car and she was like you know I'm just gonna clip that and put that at the start of the show right and I was like whatever it's fine I'm a deeply broken human it's, it's fine but anyways yes please go follow us at all of those places Lindsay what is the current Simpsons Lena now update yeah, go listen to it. We have since put out another one by the time you're listening. Woo-woo! We are also pivoting in terms of our name that won't have been done by the time you're listening, but we are now being known as the podcast of tomorrow because we are fully a Futurama podcast now. Ooh. So we're going to try that out for a while, see how that goes, but you can still find us on the Simpsons Then and Now feed. Incredible. The podcast of tomorrow. Yep. Simpsons then and now go listen to it go download some episodes go show Lindsay love because if you don't I will throw a hissy fit so do it if you would like to hear more from me uh you can catch me talking about celebrity gossip trending topics and pop culture over on mess magnets with Sasha Joseph which has been so much fun and our sixth episode of our sixth episode like pickup is over and so now we really need love and support so that we don't get canceled so please go check out mess magnets you can also hear me breaking down the final episode of temptation island this week it is finally over over on the hot dummies on islands podcast feed very grateful i'll be going down to three weekly podcasts for like two weeks (laughs) and also on kowski cast mary kukowski and i are talking about riverdale every week and if you like shows that are very stupid you might like listening to a Riverdale podcast I don't recommend the show and (laughs) you can follow me everywhere at Kirsten said what including twitch.tv slash Kirsten said what and we will be back next week to talk about season six episode nine of Bojack Horseman intermediate scene study with Bojack so we'll see you then incredible bye